In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... I like beer. I don't know if you do. Okay. Do you like beer, Senator? Or not. Uh, my party is going bat crazy. Yeah! You're the pop- Alternative facts. Oh, goodness. The Betches Sup Podcast. America! Hello, and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Brian Russell Smith. I'm Sammy Fishbein. And the Betches Sup Podcast is your weekly rundown of all the craziest shit happening in the news, brought to you by your two funniest friends. Which is us. Today, we're talking about Nick Cannon. Protesters in Kentucky. And trouble in the Trump campaign. Let's get into it. Hey, Brian. Hi, Sammy. Great news for us to start with. Yeah. RBG's out of the hospital. Very exciting. I didn't even know she was in the hospital. Well, then I'm (laughs) good. I guess I didn't. Yeah. It's just like, I'm always like, oh, she's out of the hospital. She was back in. <laughs> right. I mean, when you're when you get up there in age, I feel like you go to the hospital because you like are cold. Yeah, I mean, good for her. She's just like keep on keeping on, keep calm and carry on. Don't jinx Very it. Very exciting. I know. Don't jinx it. <laughs> I don't think I have that power. I hope not. I hope not too. <laughs> also, I mean, think about all the people. Like you know, think about everyone who would be dead if we did. Hmm. I know. <laughs> I mean, before we get into it, uh, we're not going to fully get into this story, like because there's not that much information yet about it. But this Twitter mm-hmm. hack is exciting, but also frightening. It's frightening. I mean, so what I saw was is that apparently the hackers they don't really I don't really know who it is yet. They were able to get into the back end of Twitter, and that's how they were able to tweet from so many different accounts, as opposed to hacking just specifically into the accounts, which makes like sense. going to the source. Yeah, but the thing is, is, like, they could have, like, they kind of weren't very smart about it because they they did end up getting, like, a couple hundred thousand dollars, I think, in Bitcoin, which is a significant amount. But, like, imagine if they, like, strategized it in a way to, like, slowly do it or, like, I don't know. They basically could have done it in a better way that wasn't as, like, obvious and dumb. But it also brings into the question, like, what else could they have done? I see what you mean, which makes me think that it's maybe more of like a chaotic group, like a random group than like a government, because Mm -hmm. I feel like a government, let's say the options would really be like China, Iran, Russia, North Korea, like Saudi Mm -hmm. Arabia, maybe like they all would have like a strategy and maybe they would do closer to like what you're saying. But that kind of makes me think it's like just like a random group. Some 14 year old on their couch in their basement. Some 400-pound man. Some 400-pound man. Yeah, that's the quote. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so let's get into today's stories. We're going to start with Nick Cannon. Um, After making anti-Semitic comments on his podcast at the beginning of the month, Nick Cannon has been fired from his CBS improv show, Wilds and Out, but will be keeping his job hosting Fox's The Masked Singer. So Fox won't fire him and CBS Mm -hmm. will. Shocking. Shocker, yeah. I mean, um, the other thing about CBS is I've realized that um, the Moonvest lady is still there. She's still doing Big Brother. What's her name? 
Um, it's um, Julie Chen. Julie Chen, right. Yeah, Julie Chen. Okay. She's still on it. She's still on Big Brother, but she did leave the talk. Interesting. interesting. It's interesting who, you know, I'm, goes yeah, I'm like, It's like, oh, wow, the wife of uh, the, the head of the network has a great job. That's shocking. <laughs> I wonder how. Yeah. So in this podcast episode, which has since been taken off of YouTube, he featured an interview with Richard Griffin, a.k.a. Professor Griff, who had previously been fired from Public Enemy for making anti-Semitic comments in an interview with The Washington Post. During the interview, Cannon defended Professor Griff's anti-Semitic comments that were made in 1989. Oh, that was when I was born. Also Taylor Swift. Um, and told him he was speaking facts. Griffin also touched on the anti-Semitic trope that Jewish people control everything, especially the media. Mm -hmm. Um walking stereotype right here <laughs> um yeah. in response nick cannon said that such alleged control was comparable to the illuminati and the rothschild family whose name is commonly used as dog whistles for anti-semitism cannon also said that black people are the semitic people a sentiment that is often used to erase and delegitimize non-white jewish people um and while he has since apologized he initially was not into apologizing um mm -hmm. but he eventually did and um but not before Viacom CBS fired him and said, while we support ongoing education and dialogue in the fight against bigotry, we are deeply troubled that Nick has failed to acknowledge or, or apologize for perpetuating anti-Semitism and we're terminating our relationship with him. Um, he basically now wants to get the brand of Wild and Out back from CBS um, since it's like his show. Um, and then on the other hand, Fox stuck with him and said they're satisfied by his apology. I thought his apology was like fairly, um, but I don't know. Like, does he mean that? Like, I don't really know. I mean, if he's okay, I am just like shocked that he's saying the Illuminati. Yeah. It's like, that is very like conspiracy and th the Rothschild family. That's all like conspiracy theories. Right. It's like, and his... if the Illuminati exists, he would know <laughs> he was married to Mariah <laughs> Carey. Fair. It's a good point. Maybe that's why he's talking about it that's or he's true. like mad that he's not in it or something. Mm. Um, no, I, I mean, it's just kind of like, this is, there's always been, I think a lot of vitriol, I would say not in all cases, but in, there is a lot of racism in Jewish communities and there's a lot of anti-Semitism in black communities. Like this seems to be a very clear, trend not i'm not saying everybody there have definitely been um jews and black people who have fought for each other but like in general like this is a sentiment and i think that like there's a tendency to to uh to kind of fall back on these certain like anti-semitic tropes like the money and the bankers and like the you know all that kind of like normal like standard anti-semitic shit but like it comes out of ignorance in a lot of places i think a lot of hatred does but i think that these are the kind of things that ultimately like the wealthy white non-jewish patriarchy uses to keep groups pitted against each other where like because jews have privilege they could actually be very helpful to mm. or because a lot white jews have white privilege they could be very helpful to the black community in their struggle against anti-racism. But the problem is that the attitudes, there's not, I think there, I think there's not enough companionship between the two groups or really a lot of oppressed groups, but that only benefits the people at the top. Totally. It's what, you know, you think about this, like, you know, there's, 
like just like all these minorities when they have issues with each other it's like what are you doing <laughs> i'm always like 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 you know and i know that like during the um during in june during the black lives matter movement there was a lot of struggle because a lot of black trans people were being victimized within the black community by specifically more black men and it's just unfortunate that we're like you know we need we need to be able to all come together to fight our same oppressor you know what i mean we like you know all all minorities have the same oppressor and it's right white men rich rich white men right it's not even all white it's not even all white men like no 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 if they're not straight they're they're closeted they're closeted yeah that's like they straight presenting yeah and it's i'm saying yeah obviously it's not all white people or all white men but it's like the common thread of these people is that they are tend to be white men the people structurally at the top of institutions generally are wealthy white men in a lot of cases jews have made it to the top of many industries Mm -hmm. but instead of like perpetuating more anti-semitism against those people what would actually help would be that jews could be a like a great tool for turn overturning oppression because mm-hmm. we've, we've a experienced it, which provides you with like empathy and B like there's, you know, at, th- at least at this point in America, like we do have that privilege and power in certain structures. So it's sort of like the, the anti-Semitism also kind of keeps, I think Jews in line. And then it's like, Oh, we don't want just like, let us, let us be like, we don't want anyone to hate us. Um, cause it's happened like throughout history that, you know, countries have turned against the Jews that are living there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's really a tool of oppression and it's done purposefully because like mm-hmm. if we did band together, we would be more powerful than yeah. this small contingent of wealthy white men. Yeah. Um, this is sort of like kind of unrelated, but it made me think about this, like how, so did you see what Pete Buttigieg's new job is? I forget, but he's gonna I know be like he got a, one. Like he's gonna be like an, an education fellow or some shit at uh, Notre Dame. Interesting. And it's like a it's like a very well known Catholic school. Like it's known for being Catholic school. And it's interesting because both sides are angry about it. <laughs> like, yeah, the conservatives are like, "We this is a stain to have this like gay man, you know, at this Catholic school." And then the the liberals are like why would you go to a Catholic school? They hate gay people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really so I will say that it is difficult to be anything that is not reflective of a walking stereotype. I think in society, like that mm-hmm. is, that's kind of the conversation I've been seeing from a lot of Jews of color that these, con- these comments are offensive because they themselves are, are Jewish and black. And mm-hmm. I think, I, I think there's so much complexity there that, you know, I think I hope that our society can come out of this whole time with like a more nuanced understanding of oppression and people's intersectionality, honestly. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click 
gift mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And gift mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. So our next story uh, is about the protests in Kentucky. On Tuesday, 87 protesters in Kentucky were arrested and charged with felonies during a sit-in demanding justice for Breonna Taylor on the front yard of Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron's home. Uh, The protests were organized by Until Freedom, a social justice group that focuses on systematic and racial injustice. Protesters were arrested after refusing to leave and were given instructions not to resist arrest by organizers. Those arrested include Kenny Sills, who plays for the Houston Texans, and Real Housewife Portia Williams. The I love a housewife that dares to get political. Oh, totally. I mean, I, Andy Cohen is going to reward that behavior. Yeah, with a hero edit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the felony charges are for intimidating a participant in a legal process since the attorney general is still investigating the case. Participants were allegedly chanting that if they didn't get what they wanted, they would, quote, burn it down or burn, quote, it down. This is a class D felony that is punishable for up to five years in prison in Kentucky. Protesters were also charged with two misdemeanors, criminal trespassing and disorderly conduct. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, a felony is crazy. A felony to just, like, get the fact that these people shot a sleeping woman arrested. Like it should have happened already. I, 
there's something about the Breonna Taylor story that is so heartbreaking and I'm trying so hard not to become desensitized to it mm-hmm. because it's everywhere. And I just don't understand how no one's in power is responding to this. Instead, mm-hmm. they're responding by giving people who give a shit felonies. I know. And like, I understand that there's an ongoing investigation, but like how are like sh- arresting someone and charging them with something is different than like, committing than saying they committed a crime like obviously there should be investigation but like someone needs to be held accountable wouldn't the investigation like if someone have is been dead missed? if someone is dead someone needs to and is killed by someone there needs to be investigation and there needs to be like someone did it <laughs> there needs to be who did it i know yeah. so it's like how like why is it that why isn't it that simple it's insane it's and it's you know it's not going to go away for this attorney general it's going to follow him for the rest of his life one way or the other. And so you would think that he would just be like, okay, like I'm sure he has career at, at, like ambitions. Otherwise you don't become attorney general of Kentucky, you know? Um, I mean, I hate to say it, but this also goes to like the bill Barr question of like who writes the history. Like these people assume that if they can just continue to be protected and above the law, as long as the people, as long as federally and at a higher level that people who are aligned with that, like, way of governing as long as those people are there in the hierarchy i guess they feel that they can act with impunity and that they will be safe it it just needs to happen it needs to happen okay let's go to our third story which is actually a bit of palace intrigue which Mm -hmm. um we love to see sometimes like sometimes Mm -hmm. you just need a light scandalous story about the trump administration to cut through the horror okay so you may have read not that i want anyone to get complacent that nationally biden and also in several states biden is pretty far ahead don't take that as gospel just know that some polls are saying it and as a result um trump demoted his former campaign manager brad parscale brad parscale okay the reason we're bringing him up is because he is quite a character this man like as soon as he became uh the campaign manager he went on like a shopping spree and bought like a portion a ferrari and like a house like all this shit and he's the one who tweets about how like the trump campaign has like a death star on social media that they're gonna like activate they were supposed to have activated like eight weeks ago i think (laughs) um also he's the one who who was saying that he was like basically the one pushing the message that there were going to be like over 800,000 people in Tulsa. And he kept typing it up and saying like a million people, like more than a million people. And then there were 6,200 people there. (laughs) (laughs) So this guy um, is Trump's new target. Um, Basically, he was chosen to run, just going back to like when he was hired, he was chosen to run the re-election campaign in February 2018, um, which like you were going to start then. Um, Mm -hmm. And now he's going to be demoted to senior advisor for data and digital operations. His replacement is a man named Bill Stepien, who Trump likes because he stays out of the spotlight and doesn't question his decisions. Um, While Pascal, like I said, is a bit more... um, flashy and he's a bit more contentious with trump like you got to read up on this guy he's just like a walking ego Mm -hmm. you know um 
Several staffers have explained that Trump often acts as his own campaign manager, making calls that aren't approved by political operatives in his party or on his team. Yeah, I think we heard about that. Uh, there was yeah. a whole impeachment about it. Yeah. Um, both Parscale and Stepien were big parts of the 2016 campaign. And Trump also brought back his old communications director. I'm sure he's going to try to bring back Michael Flynn and Roger Stone. The gang is getting back together, kids. <laughs> um, and like almost every announcement of staff changes, Parscale was probably sitting on the toilet when he found out. And um, many other senior staffers were caught by surprise. It's, it's like interesting because you know like like they said like he acts like his own campaign manager it's like it doesn't really matter who is there because like yes they can like they can like come up with these strategies like i can't imagine how frustrating it would be to work for trump like like you you do all this preparation and all this stuff and then he just like tweets some random shit that completely negates all the work that you've been doing so it doesn't even matter who his campaign manager is no that's like what's so fast that's what's so like I think the media misses like they or the media, you know, they treat it like I think a lot of people treat this as if it's like a normal organizational structure. Like there's like really like a hierarchy that there's like reporting that there's any sort of structure in it um, or like guidelines or like Mm -hmm. a brand. It's literally Mm -hmm. just like Trump, what he feels like doing in the next 20 minutes. Like that's the whole thing. It is only driven by like his you know, the next hour and what he feels like should happen during it. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. And, you know, I'm just so nervous that the polls are doing so well that people are like, okay, you know, maybe I don't need to go. And I'm like, please don't have that complacency. Please. I mean, I think that it's, it's easy to say that now because, we're still so far from it, but it's going to get super intense because Trump's going to make it get super intense. Also, like, let's say, let's say, speaking of, we have coronavirus happening. So people in all these states are literally losing family members and their jobs. Like, facts on the ground, like, that is what's happening and people are going to be mad about that. Maybe you have your few people who are like psychos and just like, you can't convert them. But really, I think most people, you can. Um, and they're not okay, obviously, with like what's happening in their lives. Um, even if Trump started mandating masks and wearing them and everyone started wearing them like today, it would take more than three months to see the actual turn. It would like start to turn around like right before the election. But yeah. before that, there will have been so much death and destruction yeah. that it wouldn't even it's not turning a car. It's turning like a, a gas boat. Yeah, the Titanic. Like, like they tried to turn the Titanic, yeah. but you know, they still, you know, slid on by. We've seen the movie well, and there's, it, it, there's E-deck back and back. There's yeah. no stopping it. There's that, there's that theory that had the Titanic just like drove straight into the, it would have just like pierced the, pierced the iceberg. So maybe that's what they're trying to do. They're like, let's just go straight into the iceberg. I don't think that would have worked. It still would have caused the bow of the ship yeah. to be filled with water. <laughs> it's funny. I was thinking about that movie the other day because I used to watch it on VHS and you have to, there was Same. two, two you have to like videos. switch. And it's like, it, it's like this ship is going to sink. And like, we're right now, we are, we are like putting in the second VHS tape right now. Right. right. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that is the strategy, I guess. Like, you know, even if they start wearing masks in a month, mm-hmm. like 
it still takes like two months for it to really like kick in like the effects of people's behavior. So yeah. I don't see how he's going to turn the reality of the election around, like he's in not. terms of and, what people are experiencing. And I think I've mentioned this before, but we're seeing such intense cases in the swing states specifically like Arizona and Texas is kind of a swing state now, but in Florida, especially. And there was this one, I was watching this one nurse talk about this because she was, um, she was in New, she flew to New York for when it was when at the peak uh, of coronavirus in New York. And she has then uh, flown to Arizona and she's, and now she's working in the hospitals in Arizona. And she was talking about how, well, when I was in the peak of New York, you walked around, it was a ghost town. No one was doing anything. There was nothing. Now we're at the peak. We're at the same, like, position in New- in Arizona. So arguably worse, but if you look at, like, the data in terms of percentage-wise and, like, the amount of people per case. And everyone's just going about their fucking business. And so she's, yeah. like, I, she's like, I have no idea what's going to happen. It's going to get so much worse before it ever gets better because but no one's taking it seriously in these places. New York is still a little bit of a ghost town. Like I walked Mm -hmm. to like the doctor the other day and like, it was very empty. Like even Mm -hmm. like, even while phase two, you know, whatever we're in phase three, technically like it's people are not just like out for kicks really. No. Um, you know, occasionally on the weekends parks get full, but like if the weather's good, but it's not like it's still low key, I would say. Um, no, you're right. But also it was like a month ago that they said Arizona will be the next hotspot. And now it like is. So that's how long these things take to actually like progress is that mm-hmm. like from knowing that it probably would be the next hotspot to it becoming it is like, and then Florida is just doing whatever they want. Yeah. Getting, it's really uh, disconcerting. And I feel scared for the people there who like really care. I feel bad. I mean, my mom's there and yeah. she's coming up for my wedding and I'm trying to like, I'm essentially trying to trap her here. Um, <laughs> but um, Avi like says he won't participate in that, but just take her ID <laughs> and be like, I hit it and I shipped it somewhere and you're going to have to go get it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing is like, she like signed a lease in Florida that ends like next May. So she would be basically signed, like living in two places, like signed, mm. like paying two whatever and i'm just like just fucking do it like we can't like you can't go back there are you crazy yeah i don't know we'll see she's quarantining in my apartment for 14 days fun for you (laughs) i know (laughs) but we got like we're we're moving we're moving upstairs to a bigger apartment so we have an extra room nice and so she'll be in the room oh that's good i'm moving too i didn't tell you this i'm moving we're moving yeah we just signed the lease yesterday where are you moving we're moving to brooklyn Oh, more space. right. More space. more space. Right. Everyone needs more space at this mm-hmm. point. It's wild. So yeah, my mom's quarantine room will eventually become the office when nice. she leaves. Yeah. We're going to have, an, <laughs> or she could have, just be trapped here. Yeah. Like, we're going to have an office and a guest bedroom and we're going to be paying less than we paid in Manhattan. It's insane. That's insane. <laughs> it's crazy. I know. All right. Um, I think this okay. has been a podcast. Yeah. All right. Until the return of democracy, I'm Sammy Fishbein. I'm Brian Russell-Smith. And this has been the Betches Sub Podcast. 
The Betches Sup podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to sup at Betches.com. Betches.